Welcome to the next edition of Business Law Focus. Great having you with us. Absolute pleasure to welcome Michael Houston from Graphene Economics to the show. He's been on the show before, of course, an economist, and he's uh, very in tune with global tax developments. Michael, welcome to the show. Hi, Evan. It's a pleasure to be with you and with your listeners. So I wanted to look at uh, some research that you've done recently on multinational companies and companies that are working across borders. And now you, you picked up on this interesting uh, thread of the tax risk that applies when you have workers going back and forth across the borders, sometimes doing, you know, uh, longer term uh, contract work, sometimes staying for, certain, you know, uh, certainly a longer period of time outside of a home country, as it were, you know, their home tax jurisdiction, as it were. And we just wanted to unpack some of the implications, the tax risks from a personal side and then also the transfer pricing side from a corporate perspective, because some of these things have been winding their way through the courts as well, when you have these subsidiaries and you have people working offshore. So um, with that backdrop, I mean, what is the key risk here for for businesses and, and how should they tackle this? Even there's a few different risks which I'll touch on, but interestingly, global mobility, it was uh, spurred on by COVID. And ironically, the thing that meant that we could not travel uh, actually created dynamics that have fostered even greater mobility. So we're seeing um, employees saying that I can work remotely, so let me work from Cape Town, Durban, Mauritius, Europe. And we're seeing companies saying that, uh, well, you know, we've actually realized that it it works for us to have people working remotely. So let's let's embrace this and let's tap into the global pool of of talent and and skills. And uh, let's not be constrained by that. And let's take on uh, teams comprising of people from various different locations. Let's find the best people for for our organization. So it's really driven a a big focus on uh, looking at uh, at global mobility and and teams located in various different uh, jurisdictions. Now, what's interesting and what, what I always think about uh, when it comes to um, uh, to teams that are operating uh, cross-border is, you know, th- there's a few key risks that, that come up. Um, from a, an individual uh, point of view, uh, that there's the question of where are they paying their, their pay as you earn and uh, at, at what point does a, a, a trigger the obligation for them to pay in, in the other country and uh, are they paying that the right amount in that, that other country? Now, while that's a tax on the individual, you know, the employers also need to ensure that, um, that's, uh, that there's no reputational damage as a result of employees not paying the required um, pay as you earn. Of course, South Africa has a global, I mean, it's a global tax, uh, worldwide tax uh, kind of approach, right? Uh, yes. So, well, uh, South Africa uh, uses a residence-based uh, form of, of taxation. Some other countries use um, a source-based uh, taxation. So basically, South Africa would say that if you're a tax resident here, then you're taxed on your, your worldwide uh, income. Worldwide. That, that's correct. Yeah. And then, of course, um, the, you mentioned the risks for the employer, right? It, it must be quite tricky if you have you, – you used to have pay, we uh, – P-A-Y-E, and then, you know, someone moves, right? So how do you how do you manage that if they get paid, you know, in that offshore jurisdiction? So, so when someone uh, relocates and moves to another jurisdiction, then, then it's necessary to consider the, the P-A-Y-E obligation in those uh, those other countries. And that the employer they therefore needs to, to make sure that, that the individual is going to, to fulfill those uh, those obligations uh, in those those other countries. There, there might be a question from SARS as to, to why there's, there's uh, no PAYE relating to the individual uh, in South Africa uh, any longer, but then the, the company would, would need to address that. Great. And then, of course, you mentioned uh, broader risks as well, and we're looking now at, at very stringent transfer pricing regulations. How do those apply? <laughs> 
Well, I'll give you an example, um, Evan. So let's say uh, Evan decides that he's going to, to set up a, a company and Evan's going to, to employ five people. Mm. And then uh, one of those people uh, is a really good uh, individual and they decide, well, they're actually wanting to, uh, to, to move overseas because their, their spouse has got a job uh, somewhere in Europe. So they uh, merely get on the plane and now they're working remotely from, from Europe for, for Evan. Yeah. The question then is, uh, is that individual, if they are doing work for uh, for Evan in South Africa, they are creating or will probably create a permanent establishment for Evan in that other country, yeah. which means that um, any of the, the well, that the income that's derived by Evan's company in relation to that individual in the other country, you would need to pay tax in that other country. Now that that's uh, one thing. If it's a um, you know one of your um, standard team members, mm. if it's a team member that's got key responsibilities over uh, various uh, other people, so let's say it's one of your your senior managers that goes to that other country, but they are now still um, managing various other people back in in South Africa. Mm. The, the the question then is still what uh, profit is um, is attributable to that other country, and it might relate to income generated just by that individual, but also if they have responsibilities overseeing people in South Africa, it just gets a bit more complicated. Another interesting scenario is what happens if Evan himself decides that he wants to to uh, relocate mm. to, um, to, to somewhere else? Well, now it's key, a key decision maker within the business that's actually uh, moving to another jurisdiction. So there we, we've got not just potential PE questions or permanent establishment questions, but now the, the place of effective management of the company might be regarded as, as having moved because the key decision maker regarding this business has, has moved to that other country, which means that the, the profit um, associated with the business, you know, we need to consider is that not um, maybe taxable in the, um, in the other markets and jurisdiction. Then there's these questions of, well, has there been a, a disposal of something valuable? Because Evan had built up a, a valuable business in in South Africa, but now it's moving to an, another jurisdiction because he is the key decision maker, is, is moving to the other market. So was there a, a disposal of some something of value in, in South Africa that now needs to be taxed? But then there's, there's other questions as well that come up saying that if Evan or, or uh, some team members set up in, a, in another market, what's the right price that, that should be paid between um, the, the, uh, the South African entity to the, the foreign entity for the services rendered. So what you can see, Evan, is this, it's not just uh, one uh, tax issue, but various different potential tax issues that arise as a result of um, people um, relocating or, or working remotely. And it, it's, it's important to, to understand uh, what's the, the nature of the work being done in the, the remote location, what's the uh, responsibility and, and the sort of decision um, making role of that that individual in order to to work out what the the uh, relevant tax consequences are. Yes, yeah, certainly multi-layered and, and quite complex uh, for businesses to manage this. Um, and and one element as well is is exchange control, right? That that, that senior key person you know moves across. Um, he he's then earning income you know in another country. He has to still declare, right? Uh, as far as exchange controls go. Yeah, so if the, if the person immigrates for exchange control purposes, well, then, then there's an exchange control process that they've got to go through there as, as they, um, they, they immigrate for exchange control purposes. But if, they are, um, if they're working abroad but they, they haven't actually uh, immigrated and, and um, you're needing to, to make payments um, uh, to uh, 
you know, outside of the country, then there are uh, certain exchange control uh, considerations and, and approvals required to, to make uh, various payments to uh, foreign-related entities. Um, yeah, so absolutely, exchange control is a, another consideration with these sort of cross-border uh, payments and transactions. And just another point I'd like to touch on, because we, we're seeing um, more and more of this, mm. is where um, you, you, where you have instances of um, uh, teams working remotely and um, those um, uh, someone in one country, someone else in another country, someone else in a third country. The question is, what's the extent of value that's being created by the people in those various different countries? And how do you uh, then divvy up the profit associated? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so you need to work out what the appropriate basis is for divvying up the profit among those different entities. And uh, obviously, you need to be in a position to to justify this and, and explain mm. this. And uh, while it might be, if it's three people, that's one thing. But if you've got uh, teams that are are um, uh, you know involve five people and uh, twenty people and fifteen, or if there's fifteen people and then there's potentially uh, other intellectual property that that's valuable, um, that could lead to to higher system profits. And um, obviously, the, the greater the potential profit, the more potential scrutiny from different different revenue authorities. And I think uh, even for me, that's what makes it uh, even more challenging because now what you, you've got to do is, is firstly uh, try to work out what, what a reasonable uh, basis of, of allocation of profits is. But then you need to be in a position to, to justify to the respective revenue authorities in these various different markets um, as to, to why you've set up the way you have. Um, and then um, how you you, uh, arrived at those profits in the different markets. Great, Michael. Well, thanks very much for unpacking this. It's a lot more complex. Um, I just wanted to ask a last question. Um, As an economist, I mean, also looking between the complexity of regulations and tax across jurisdictions. I mean, there's also a positive spin here on the fact that this this type of this flexible business arrangement is, is pretty good for these economies, right? If, if you know, if, if you're profitable and you've got people uh, that are productive. 100%, Evan. We, we did some uh, research a, a couple of years ago where we, we looked at countries that have encouraged trade in services. Now, mm-hmm. there's a lot of focus on trade in goods, etc., cross-border and the Africa Free Trade Agreement for, for the trade in goods. But countries that have actually really fostered a good environment for trade in services cross-border, there are a tremendous number of, of economic um, benefits uh, that, that those countries get, uh, higher rates of growth, uh, higher transfer of skills, um, and, and uh, improvement in, in quality of living of uh, individuals, etc., etc., etc. So definitely, uh, I think that there is a lot of value to be gained uh, if countries really do um, embrace the idea of uh, of allowing uh, remote working and and collaboration cross border, if they embrace the use of technology, uh, and, and they make it easier for companies to um, to, to really uh, work with teams across multiple different countries by making their local markets as as competitive as possible. Well, Michael, with GDP just eking out uh, over 0.5%, I think, you know, this type of growth is critical. Um, and we, you know, we look forward to seeing acceleration of GDP and uh, companies getting innovative. Uh, so thanks very much for, for breaking this down. Great chatting. Excellent, Evan. Great to speak to you again.